show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, a clairvoyant, and a thought leader, and I started this podcast to have eclectic and impactful conversations about astrology as well as all things spiritual and personal development. Hello from Crete, Greece. This is my last full day here. I came here for the ecstasies ceremony that I was holding with Carlo Palomino, and this was my last full day i said goodbye to the sea it is a particular kind of heartbreaking really to leave greece but i know i'll be back i love this land it's my favorite so i'm getting on here before i begin to pack and get ready for a movement tomorrow to talk about the astrology of july a overview a depth overview i'm never really good at brevity um, about the astrology of this month So July is a really big month astrologically. We will see the shift of the lunar nodes out of Scorpio and Taurus and into Libra and Aries, so north node from Taurus to north node in Aries. We'll have a Mars-Saturn opposition and Venus is going to station retrograde in Leo. It's already in like pre-retrograde shadow. These events each speak to an emerging aspect of selfhood, right? North node in Aries, Venus retrograde, so something inside of us that wants to come out and be more alive and expressed. Relationship activity is often a ground for these desires to emerge, such as when we are inspired by other people or we compare ourselves to others or we receive reflections from others that provoke us deeply. This month will hold an interplay of how we grow together, South Node in Libra, as well as where we have to take our own path to grow, North Node in Aries. So the reflection that we receive from life as a whole does actually reflect us and where we're at, right? We talked about this, it just came up in the podcast on the episode with Astro Val about, you know, we attract what we are in the mirror. So life is already giving us a reflection, right? And spiritually, this month could activate some mirror checks or a newfound desire to see something different in the mirror that is our life. And herein lies an unfolding adventure of creativity and self-actualization. Now, I'm not saying that the awareness of how life is mirroring us is obvious. Um, You know, it's like if you have a reoccurring pattern in your life and you're trying to get to the bottom of it, you're trying to find where you personally are creating it or you're hooked into it, that can be a like an involutionary process. It takes reflection, it takes facing ourselves, it takes personal responsibility to see these things. The Mars-Saturn opposition occurring this month happens in the signs of Virgo and Pisces, Mars in Virgo and Saturn in Pisces, which is a longer transit that we've talked about here also. In tandem with the mirror check energy, So I mean checking the mirror, mirror check. The Mars-Saturn opposition could have us seeing what needs improvement in a way that feels very squirmy or cringy to witness for ourselves. 
It's a skill set of Virgo and Pisces to be present with the process and to not allow shame to sabotage the process, right? Like these, this polarity, you have the kind of like, um, everything's okay, like I forgive everything side of Pisces and also like the nitpicking or particularity of Virgo. And along this axis, we have all sorts of different relationships spiritually to imperfection, right? If we fundamentally understand that things are imperfect on earth and we have compassion for that, or if we're you know, comparing our every deed to some concept of purity that's making us feel like a vile creature at all times, right? So like thinking about what our, what our spiritual relationship is to the fact that there's like work to do, adjustments to make, etc. in this life. So sometimes we use shame to punish ourselves in an extra way and we overcompensate or we let shame keep us so uncomfortable that we avoid looking at and working with the thing that it is pointing to, right? We can think about Virgo as like, oh, Virgo's on top of things, Virgo's really organized, but Virgo also relates to avoidance, right? It's like if you um, maybe have a memory of having a bunch of finals and like a bunch of studies that you need to do and you think it's so overwhelming that you just watch TV and eat junk food instead and don't study for your finals, right? So sometimes with Virgo, the very things that we um, need to pay attention to, we don't because we're overwhelmed or we use a bunch of little things like we clean the house to avoid something else emotionally, right? So it can get, it can get messy with Virgo and Pisces. Um, or we could also bypass the shame and focus on the positive to feel better and neglect the more challenging process, right? So it's like you notice something about yourself that you, you know, could be more sober about or work with. And then you're like, no, it's okay. Like I'm divine. Like I love myself. And you use that kind of Piscean sugar to um, just kind of brush over something that needs to be looked at. So if shame comes up, See what your capacity is to be present with the thing beneath it so that you don't neglect the alchemy that's possible there. You're definitely not alone in having something cringe. It's pretty universal and there is something, you know, Mars, Saturn as an opposition can be a pretty impactful transit and kind of bring in maybe like a harsher sense of judgment right now about these things. Um, but can you, can you be with what is being pointed to without getting so blown out by the extra kind of like shame or judgment. And then within the major transits of the month, there is this getting to work vibe, getting serious about our process. Maybe you hear the Mars Saturn in there. Um, if we face impasses, we might be employing some new strategies to loosen up the material. The Mars Saturn opposition happens in mutable signs which have a shiftier, looser energy. It could also mean that the, the dynamics that we're working with or being confronted by show up in a lot of little parallel ways. Like our karmic material doesn't just show up in our romantic relationships, for example, but it also shows up in our health, work, friendships, and so on in kind of similar ways. So it makes it harder to avoid what it's time for us to alchemize and see. So we may as well lean in. This is a great time to take responsibility for personal growth instead of feeling victimized by the ways the problems or symptoms show up in our lives. 
so before we get into the major trends of the month, um, each by detail, here's an, a few announcements. One is that I am going to be speaking at an in-person evolutionary astrology conference called Astro Bash this autumn in California. It is September 28th through October 1st, and I will be speaking about the mystical side of Leo, that is how the portal of play that mammals naturally, you know, baby animals naturally play, um, this turned into ritual and eventually religion, right? So this kind of primal thing, this like way that we're wired to play is actually a gateway to creating the world or creating your world. So I'm going to be talking about that and I'm so excited to see you in person. This conference is going to be under the stars and it's an evolutionary astrology specific conference, which is also very exciting to me. Um, you may know that that's the main astrology lineage that I'm informed by though I have been incorporating Hellenistic the last few years, but I'm an evolutionary astrology girl at heart and really excited to be part of this conference. You can find the link in the notes to sign up with my link to Astrobash, and I would love to see you there. And then my books are open um, for one-to-one -one astrology sessions July through mid-August including the evolutionary fusion reading that I've been offering for a while and a new special Vessel of Time. Vessel of Time. This session is about letting processes and emotions that we are currently holding or have been holding to move through us and awaken and teach us in their movement. Life is and always has been seeking to move through us, but we have various layers of conditioning, protection, or personality that seek to manage that flow. Vessel of time is in the spirit of allowing life to unfold through us rather than stop, pause, or stagnate life. This session includes pointed, catalyzing conversation, guided and intuitive movement, and digestion with the natal chart and or transits. Our natal chart and transits pierce every area of life, and the session is for exploring that through the body, experientially. We will uncover a spot that wants to unfold and open and give it expression. Afterward, I'll offer a reflection around what moved and how the pattern or process exists in the natal chart with some guidance on how to keep relating to those planets or aspects. This is a reading special, 60 minutes, $100. You can book a Vessel of Time session through the link in the notes. I also have availability for my evolutionary fusion readings. These are 75-minute readings grounded in my decade-plus specialty, Evolutionary Astrology, which resources Pluto and the lunar nodes to get a glimpse into the major themes and life of the soul. And then I additionally incorporate Hellenistic thought and minor asteroids and Greek myths. You know I have a thing for Greece. <laughs> the session ends with integration through EFT or tapping, um, also known as tapping, I mean a somatic trauma healing technique. Akashic channeling or personalized visualization, depending on what came up in the session and upon client interest. Given these readings, giving these readings, I've noticed the chart tells me very specific stories inside of the crossing and triangulation of these different techniques. And here we work that story together. Our lives have a distinct mythos. Astrology helps us see this clearly. 
And then it is an act of living philosophy, how we choose to be inspired in relationship to this knowing. When I was in school for philosophy, one of my philosophy professors spoke of the way that ancient philosophy was like the kindling of fire. Through conversation, sparks were created and grew into flames. As a reader, I prepare the natal chart and I get images, senses, and stories. In bringing that information to you live in dialogue, we kindle a fire of gnosis that can't help but to illuminate something important and generative. I would love to stoke a fire with you this month around your natal chart and the way that it's living through you. Look through the link in the notes to get an evolutionary astrology fusion reading. And now back to the month of July's astrology. On July 3rd, we'll have a full moon in Capricorn. The full moon in Capricorn is a potent contrast of Cancer season. In Cancer season, we revel in the fruits of summer, literally or metaphorically, if you're not on the Northern Hemisphere, and we create experiences that will surely be future memories. Intimacy and family is highlighted as we spend quality time with our closest community. If we are feeling lonely or disconnected, the tide of melancholy can be strong as we yearn for a sense of home. The Capricorn full moon relates to a peak moment of sobriety inside of the way that we're tumbling through the summer, or just cancer season. We could realize that we are not on the same emotional page as another person where we expected to be. We could realize that a defensive pattern we have been holding on to due to past disappointments or traumas is no longer suitable or relevant for the way life is seeking to move and inspire us now. You know, like an old shell, it's time to shed it and find a new shell or be kind of naked for the time being and inside of the um, vulnerability of that. However it subjectively reaches us as a positive or negative experience, there is something being highlighted around cutting excess, right, Capricorn, like cutting a projection or an expectation that isn't realistic, um, whether that's of ourselves or others or of life, or cutting an egoic pattern that is sabotaging our capacity to enjoy ourselves, right? So sometimes even excessive negativity could be something that could be cut. So it's um there's all different kinds of excess um but also we have the theme of sobriety with capricorn it is a very down and in rooted sign and i just want to mention that sobriety doesn't end the fun often it's just a pathway to a more grounded type of satisfaction and connection with self and life so when it comes to a time where we're feeling the necessity of cutting excesses there can be a part of us that you know doesn't want to let go Sobriety does cut our attachment to particular ways of coping, so it can feel hard. But it is satisfying in a different way to appropriately grow up or grow beyond. One thing that does feed the Capricorn moon in its sensibility, so something you might want to think about around this time period, is creating ritual or dignity around the changes that are happening. If there is something to celebrate, don't skip out on that by thinking it's not a big deal have a celebration and if there's grief don't just tough it out or minimize it get creative sing by the ocean make art or ritual around the feeling ritualize it on july 10th mars enters virgo 
Mars leaves Venus behind in Leo. They traveled together for a bit. And Venus is going to stay in Leo for a while due to the approaching retrograde. Some tensions emerged with the Venus-Mars conjunction in Leo. Perhaps anger or wounded pride around not feeling truly seen or recognized. Mars is now dealing with that by getting to work making adjustments in the sign of Virgo or working on craft. It's kind of like not making the cut at a dance audition and then continuing to learn the dance afterward. Whether or not we feel our unseenness was accurate or fair, with Mars and Virgo, we can admit there's room for improvement and work to be done. This work is not necessarily to earn the approval of someone or something else. It's likely more personal than that. For example, someone may feel like they've really lost touch with themselves inside of a relationship and the work now is finding connection to themselves again. There's an internal rightness that's sought. July 17th, getting into mid-month, we have a new moon in 24 degrees of Cancer opposite Pluto in late Capricorn. Pluto has retrograded out of you know the early, early Aquarius and back into late Capricorn. This new moon in Cancer could bring up a swell of desire to feel connected and close, right? And this goes beyond, like there's the human, like social layer of that. And there's like the primal like desire to bond, right? And to have family or to feel safe or to um, belong. And the height of cancer is after all that sense of being loved and loving, the sense of being home, the sense of living in such a way that our present moment is worthy of becoming future nostalgia. The opposition of this new moon lunation to Pluto and Capricorn and trine Neptune and Pisces, right? So these two outer planets suggest a power, a primal quality, and a deeply unconscious or subconscious quality weaving through our deepest yearnings for connection, right? This is kind of where, like, if you study, like, attachment patterns, right? Like, attachment dynamics, attachment trauma, um, and, you know, it doesn't just affect people who have had particularly um, traumatic lives like it's something that can be active for people who just had kind of like normal like everyday types of traumas um, not to have like a little contest here <laughs> but um, essentially like attachment is super deep super unconscious very primal and then we can kind of be going about our life and thinking that we're just kind of you know, oh, we're in a relationship, or oh, I'm dating, not that I'm like dealing with my deepest patterns or something, you know, like not, it's like that unconscious layer really shows up with cancer, really shows up with our desire to feel safe and loved and whatnot. And I see this new moon opposite Pluto as like maybe bringing some of that deeper base note um, up to the surface in terms of our conscious awareness. We're starting to get there. So we may be grappling with our impulses to protect others or our desire to feel safe and protected and feeling just how deep that runs in our bones and blood. So if we wanted to feel like an animal, this is one place it happens. You can think of mother animals in the wild. So you may have your protective impulse really high and strong, um, or you might be feeling kind of um, bewildered and like out in the wild and they're like feel looking for cover or something like that. Um, and so more subtly, 
We may also want to uncover some clarity around what we feel is in the way of feeling safe or connected. There is real and actual safety, and then there is preference, what we want or what we think the conditions should be in order to open to life. That's where we're going to be liable to project our own power onto external conditions, circumstances, people, etc., as well as where we are liable to become manipulative to seek to get what we want. So maybe having some deeper, again, kind of following that earlier full moon um, thread at the beginning of the month of sobriety, that um, safety, having our needs met, nourishment, all very basic needs, what is practical, what is necessary, what is true inside of that, and where are we playing out some kind of unconscious thing and projecting um, onto life from a place of um, like our own stuff that we're working through. Same day, July 17th, the lunar nodes enter Libra and Aries. So the lunar nodes travel backwards, so they will be in 29 Libra and 29 Aries. This transit is very significant. The lunar nodes shift around every 18 months and are the places that the eclipses play out. We've had the lunar nodes in Scorpio and Taurus the last 18 months, and we're entering a new karmic backdrop of Libra Aries. The Libra South Node corresponds with personal and collective memories of peacemaking and relational harmonizing. While this is a skill set, right, it knows things like diplomacy and how to um, get along and how to create connection, how to work out problems in a civil way. Um, it's also positioned here currently as something that is diminishing in returns or effectiveness. So this means that situations or initiations could crop up where peacemaking would just be the same as fawning. The North Node in Aries points to an emerging personal and collective impulse or impulses around self-assertion or going out on our own path instead of trying to bring others along in a codependent way. Right, and if you think about Libra's kind of intentions of like, let's do this together, let's collaborate, there can be fear and resistance around, okay, I'm gonna go do my own thing. And Aries itself calls upon and promotes that type of courage. So this is not to say this is about abandoning relationships or collaboration and just going all like maverick, so like solo lone wolf, like no, but rather approaching those things like relationship and collaboration with enough self-possession and selfhood intact. Right, and then we get the, the overall balancing ethos of Libra, which is about balancing self and other, but you can't balance self and other if there is no rooted self. That this nodal shift is happening in tandem with Venus stationing retrograde a few days from here and a Mars-Saturn opposition my guess is that there are relationship tensions or impasses coming up where it's being revealed that people simply hold different values or are in very different places, right? And there may be a kind of difficulty around collaborating in those spots. There could be breakthroughs as well. Um, but we might want to examine what journeys are meant for us alone and are not meant to be walked hand in hand whether that means going separate ways entirely or having truer boundaries around specific dimensions of the relationship or collaboration.
On the other hand, because you know when Venus retrograde comes around, people generally think that it's like, oh no, there's going to be breakups or relationships will end. We want to consider that you know Venus is about values and living in touch with our desire and about creating connection. And so we want the truth, right? Like we want relationships to thrive and like we want to put attention into our relationships because they matter. And if it's truer and if it's truer to take some space or create change in the relationship, that is a meaningful activation of the heart also. But many people start new connections or have relationship deepenings or turn new chapters inside of Venus retrograde. Um, so there could also be something here about gathering up the willpower Aries to collaborate um, or to face the difficult reflections that come up in relationship. Because we do know as well that sometimes we have things that are pretty easy to live with by ourselves and much harder to live with with others. And so relationship is a deep place of transformation and also calls upon the courage of Aries. On July 20th, Mars in six degrees of Virgo will oppose Saturn in six degrees of Pisces. Mars in Virgo brings in some urgency around improvements and adjusting or fixing, while Saturn in Pisces relates to an oceanic morass of a structure, right? It's like everything everywhere. It's like we're the fish in water trying to talk about what the water is. So a challenge here might be clarity knowing what exactly needs to be addressed, um, though there may be something confronting us in terms of like a impasse or crisis of some kind, but even so within that, it's like, well, what's the root or how do I tackle this or how do I address it? Mars and Virgo will bring urgency to the will around making things better, but it would be equally frustrating to not know where the leak is, for example, and not knowing where to send that fixing energy. So while there can be frustration or a sense of being at an impasse, breakthroughs or lucidity can happen here as well. The forces that we're seeking to harmonize are that of a deeper spiritual maturity and awareness, Saturn in Pisces, with a willingness to align our actions to that, Mars in Virgo, right? And taking an honest look too, like if you're not wanting to be spiritually mature about your circumstances, or you know, you're not wanting to look at things, um, what are the distraction patterns? What's the energy and the busyness that you're doing to go away from that? And is there a place where you're kind of seeing the, the way that that's taking up your life force or energy and what it would be like to um, pay attention to the thing that you're kind of being asked to in your life? So the Virgo Pisces access highlights the connection between practice and magic how practice creates space for flow and magic, especially the more we devote ourselves to the channel of our creativity or of the magic that we're practicing, as well as how magic itself and things like altars or ceremonies where the material realm is a portal to the divine, right? Like I love, you know, if you think about Virgo and Pisces as the altar, and it's like the arrangement of the physical items and the particular, um, logistics, if you will, of the ritual correspond to a spiritual reality in Pisces. So some last thoughts on the Mars-Saturn opposition is that our dreams will not come true magically without effort, 
yet our efforts are not meant to be a prison. And herein lies some balance. On July 22nd, Venus stations retrograde in 28 degrees of Leo, the very end degrees of the sign. Also a very significant transit like the nodes, um, but not just of the month, but of the year. Venus retrogrades are ceremonies of the heart and often correspond with internal shifts around our values and desires, as well as relationship shifts that arise naturally out of that. This includes entering, exiting, redefining, renegotiating relationships, as well as turning new chapters in existing relationships. Internally, this is also a deepening of self-awareness around what we truly desire and value and turning a new chapter in our own self-romance, right? And in our relationships that have space for dynamism, there's also a way that internal awakenings can steer and guide the ship of a relationship. Venus and Leo may surface desires around how we want to feel seen or reflected in ways that currently maybe we don't. And this is not just necessarily about others seeing us or not. It could be, you know, is there a part of us that we're not seeing or we're not paying attention to? Right? Like, you can think about Leo as like the as children or the inner child and when a kid is excited about something and like here look you know and an adult being like oh wow you know and like really engaging versus when it's like not now honey or like kind of brushing them off um, or something more um, unpleasant or <laughs> rude than that um, but basically if you have like an inner child or some part of you that's not necessarily your inner child but just a part of you um, but whenever it tries to show up you berate it or push it away or make it wrong then you're you're putting it into the shadow right so it's not being seen by you and it's not being seen or being seen in strange sideways ways in the mirror externally so is there something hidden in us that needs development and spotlight that needs our own recognition? Venus retrogrades highlight the internal side of Venus as opposed to the external. Our external relationships always mirror our inner life anyway, but Venus retrograde has a way of working that point. So when it comes to being seen, just like a Leo contemplation here, the external dimension of that is validation while the internal dimension of that is knowing who we are and feeling the intrinsic celebration and radiance of who we are. This internally connected way of being is ultimately magnetic and attracts admiration and interest from the outside world, right? And then you get this kind of circuit loop as well, where in Leo, we can get pretty attached to the applause, to the validation, to the feedback, and then continue playing to that archetype or that role to keep getting the applause. And so it's like there is something for the Leo, the artist, the creative inside of us where it's like keep creating, keep showing yourself, but you don't have to get stuck in a role um, because then you're still, you're like orienting externally. What would it be like, you know, to let what wants to be seen, what wants to move through you out, even if it contradicts, you know, who you've been before or doesn't play to the way that you've known how to get applause. 
and also not having to be purely I mean unless it's just your process but noticing where you might try to be rebellious um, because of that applause or feedback and still be disconnected to the thing inside because you're now reacting to the reaction of who you are as opposed to just being so take note of where it actually feels deeply needed and vulnerable to really see yourself where it would be easier to avoid yourself where you're being called to make the time and space to play with your own emerging creativity where you've really had enough hiding and you're ready to see something in yourself and let it out at the true timing that it wants to come out. And then at the end of the month here, uh, July 27th, Venus retrograde in 28 degrees of Leo will conjunct Mercury also in 28 degrees of Leo. Exact Venus-Mercury conjunctions aren't that common, even though the two planets stay close together at all times. Venus-Mercury conjunctions highlight enjoyable communication, the artistry of language, and connected conversation. So I think it's interesting that just a few days after the retrograde, we have this Venus-Mercury. So there's something about um, Mercury bringing some translation or intelligibility to the process that's happening. Um, so that could just be happening naturally. We could also you know, amplify it by reflection, by journaling. Um, by doing something to play with your expression. This transit could offer language, discernment, craft, and intelligibility to our feelings at the moment and allow us to convey them from the heart. So I will close us here and remind you that I have these reading availabilities, the special Vessel of Time, and the Evolutionary Fusion readings. And I will say goodbye here from Crete, Greece, where for the last few days I've been emerging from the ecstasy ceremony that I held with Carlo Palomino. This was an immersion to live out and feel through our bodies, the myths of Semele and Zeus who create Dionysus, Ariadne and the Minotaur, Ariadne and Theseus, and Dionysus and Ariadne. So this was a mythopoetic Dionysian experience um, Ariadne is Dionysus's wife and mythic counterpart, mortal-turned-goddess of labyrinths and paths. You know there's a big thing around labyrinths here in Crete. These myths offered complex textures to understand the energetic of ecstasy, how it's born, how we defend against it or close to it, how we open to it and sustain, and what ecstasy really is beyond our mental conditions of what it should be. It was gorgeous and sublime to witness each woman here deeply receive it. One of my favorite things we touched was the revelry that is chosen from the graveyard of our plans or what we thought would be it. These are the spots we often don't know how to fully grieve. It feels like too big a betrayal or loss to really forgive and let go. And knowing that dropped, that ecstasy does not rescue us. We choose against the seduction of our own labyrinths to open and allow in a play that comes from the void. So we don't forget that ecstasy is a god who will awaken us as much as we can allow it in, as much as we can say yes to an invisible current that guides us worlds beyond than the destination on the map we imagine for ourselves as it. 
When we touch that and trace the current so far back to the center of our heart, to our innate essence, and remember we already are that which we seek, and that our remembrance of it catches the mirroring of the gods, and life plays back. So this has been your July astrology mirror check update. Let me know how this resonates with you. You can always um, drop me a message on Instagram at Sabrina Monarch um, or comment on the post about the forecast. And just know that Sabrina Monarch is my only Instagram. Please don't interact with the scam accounts that add extra letters or change the username slightly and try to sell you readings. Um, thank you for tuning in and I wish you much clarity, joy, elevation, groundedness in your prayers and in your lived experience this July. To be haunted by the good, the pressure of a memory, an awakening that requires that everyday life become elevated. What if I don't know how to get there? What if I don't believe that it will happen? What if I'm comparing my whole life to a spark of a moment? The pressure of the good. The Hungry Ghosts of Paradise is an audio novella shared in full to Magic of the Spheres podcast by Sabrina Monarch. Listeners were enchanted, shed tears, and found this novel to be an act of soul retrieval. It is a novel for Eros, a project of alchemizing grief, and a tale of tragic love that will take you all the way up and all the way down, and to a secret third portal on the other end. Find the chapters between episodes 170 and 206 of Magic of the Spheres podcast, or see the link in the show notes for the Spotify playlist organizing all the chapters in one place. To a spark of a moment, the pressure.